Yo, yo, yo. You're on speakerphone. I'm getting Zachary Lehman, 105.9. Let me hold on. Let me see here. Keep talking. You're with Zachary Lehman, 105.9, after midnight, where we talk to people about what they do with their buttholes. <laughs> sometimes it's normal stuff. Sometimes it's freaky stuff. We love it all. You're, you're on the air. <laughs> what, what should the no, would sound okay yeah it sounds good um what should the name of our uh our fake radio show be oh um buttholes incorporated <laughs> yeah i got buttholes on the mind man my butthole was doing some weird stuff today so what was it doing well it, it was puckering big time was you it know, something with work or did you eat something weird no no neither of those i was going to uh st <clears throat> petersburg you ever been to st petersburg uh no i know st petersburg though yeah i was i was driving there today to try to get my medical card and there's like this bridge that's it's like two or three miles it's a long fucking bridge because you're basically going to a fucking island and my number one nightmare I have is being on a bridge and it collapses and there's no land in sight. And on this bridge, if you look left and right, it's just water. But the thing that was freaking me out was the fact that I don't know why in Florida they don't build bridges higher. Like the water is almost at level with you. Like it's only a few feet below you. Oh, yeah. So there's like a weird feeling like I'm like, oh, fuck, if I'm in the middle of this bridge and there's just like a rain shower, like we're all going to die because the water is right fucking there. On both sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like you're looking. It's a bizarre feeling because you're driving. But if you look to the side, the water is again, it's almost level with you where you're like you're almost below the water line. You know what I mean? Yeah that's a freaky feeling because it's not like a tunnel in new york or wherever it's just a bridge <laughs> we just built something from point a to point b like hopefully you live florida will pay you for every iguana every python whatever they, they pay you a little bit of money it's not a lot they're both invasive invasive species so they're not right they're not native to florida Right. Um, so this guy, I hit him up cause I saw his videos online, asked him to come on the podcast. His management hits me back and is like, yo, um, he charges $500 per podcast appearance now. So get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I hit them back and say, that's fine. I charge a thousand dollars per appearance <laughs> on my show. So the math works out yeah. <laughs> like that. No fucking response, dude. I mean, that's uh, that's funny because when I heard Python Hunter, I was like, oh, man, mad respect. But then when I hear, hey, you got to pay me to be on your podcast, that respect goes away. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. I just time. thought it was, like, was super lowly, dude. For And it, yeah. it, they, they would have been like, yo, uh, you're not big enough. We don't we don't want him to come on the show. I wish that's different. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd take that. I'd be like, oh, cool whatever yeah i would have been like 
Okay, that's fine. But the fact that they hit me back and tried to get money out of me, bro, rubbed me the wrong yeah. way. That's fucked up. So you weren't talking to him directly? You were no. just talking to his. Okay, that's fucked up. Because if you were talking to him directly, because I, I imagine a python hunter is also a heroin addict and has many other addictions. Allegedly. So if he was, yeah, allegedly. But So if he was directly telling you, like, yo, I'll show up for, like, you know, my fucking hit this week, I can respect that. I can't respect having other people going. 500 bucks to be on a podcast go fuck yourself yeah go fuck yourself whoever the fuck you are elon musk do you think elon musk is going on babylon b or joe rogan he's like you know what would really make this work if you paid me 500 bucks fuck no (laughs) what the fuck no he's just showing up to talk man by the way what do you think of elon musk in the uh the eight dollar uh charge for twitter now so are we specifically talking about the the blue check charge? Yes, the blue check charge. Are there um, more than that? No, 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 no. That I, I was just asking if you're asking like overall, what do I think of Elon Musk taking over Twitter? Or, so I know people have been upset about it. I don't know. I feel like I'm not smart enough to have a good opinion on that. I think because what he says makes sense. Like when, you know, Stephen King or any of these motherfuckers come out and they're like, I'm going to quit Twitter where I have 8 million followers just because Elon Musk is charging me what everyone else pays for a subscription service. I don't know if I take that outrage seriously. And also like what Elon Musk said, I, I think it was in response to Stephen King. It makes sense to me when he goes, look, I just overpaid for a motherfucking company that doesn't make any money. Like this is a $44 billion company that makes absolutely no profit. So I understand when he says, look, we have to start doing stuff like this to make profit. And then beyond that, I also just, because of my work and being on Twitter so much, I totally understand the fucking problems people have with the verification process on Twitter. There's a fucking reason that when people say blue checks, there's a reason it's sort of a derogatory um, phrase because on Twitter for many, many fucking years, and this is something that, you know, you're not going to see Jack Dorsey, you know, admit or whatever for many, many fucking years, there has been a sort of bias with the verification process. And that's the thing that's led to people going like, oh, the blue checks are upset. Because if Charlie Kirk and not that I like Charlie Kirk, I don't even like Charlie Kirk. But if a bunch of you know these conservatives who haven't been verified, if they were just as upset as you know liberals going, oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm so upset about you know whatever's happening this week that they have to let everyone know. I'm a part of the right group. I mean, to me, there's a reason. That's why the blue check uh, uh, phrase exists. That's why people go, that's why it's sort of a derogatory statement. When people go, oh, the blue checks are upset. The blue checks are upset. The only reason that exists is because, look, Twitter has been very favorable to one side. You know, I, I don't buy into the idea of, you know, there are only two sides, but to the world at large, the culture at large, there are 
and Twitter has been very biased. So I don't give a fuck, man. I hope he, I, I, I think $8 is way too low. I think he, he should charge way more. I think he should have announced like, I'm charging $400 a month to be verified just to see who will pay it, just to see who the cucks are. Well, what happens to Twitter now? I mean, is the the verification is that only is that the only way to to use Twitter going forward? I just I, I feel like it's going to no, change I, the game. I I think people are because he said he was going to start charging. There were reports he was going to possibly start charging twenty dollars an hour. Or twenty dollars um, a month. I'm sorry. And then he said something where he was like, "Oh, it'll be eight dollars a month, maybe." Right now, everything's speculation. Even the shit about will people have to pay to be verified? I think people are sort of running wild with it because they're going like, "Oh, if you just pay eight dollars a month, you'll be verified." I don't think that's what it is. I think the verification process is going to have its own sort of revamp. Um, cause it hasn't worked. I think a lot of people, whether they're on the right or the left, I think can say the verification process on Twitter has not worked for fucking years. And I think, uh, he's going to revamp that. And I think his point is more that, um, by charging people, whether it's $8, whether it ends up being lower than that, higher than that, whatever, it takes away the bots. It takes away, um, you know, the fake accounts, because there are a, a lot of fake accounts that are verified. And I think that's his big fucking problem. But I don't know. I'm not 100% in his corner or 100% out of his corner. I guess I'm more just, I'm confused by the outrage of him taking over Twitter because I never thought Twitter was a place where people were happy. Because if you go on Twitter, like, it's basically an outlet for people to just express how unhappy they are. So I guess I'm confused over the protests at Elon Musk because I go, was this really that great of a platform under the last leadership? Because you all seem fucking miserable. And it just seems like now you have a new reason to be miserable, which is, I guess that the guy who gave internet to Ukraine when they got invaded by Russia he bought it so you're upset i i don't know i really can't wrap my hand around it well to to the point of uh, talking about uh twitter and it, it being an unhappy place i really feel like twitter is where mental illness can go full-on displayed yes. and the, the other side of that is also it's like a direct feed into someone's mind it's it's yeah. the closest to, thing to mind reading that we have right now, honestly. I mean, social media well, and the internet in general, but Twitter yeah. in particular. I, I agree. And when I was saying, like, Twitter is all political now, I mean, <clears throat> when you see these people who go crazy, I mean, look at the guy who attacked uh, Paul Pelosi. I mean, you start looking at his social media rantings, and it wasn't all Twitter. I mean, he started doing his own blog and shit. But Twitter sort of feeds into that stuff. You know what I mean? It feeds into this, either this weird validation of belonging to the right group, or 
it just sort of validates your outrage because you can see someone say, hey, what you're saying is actually not correct. Here's the correct information. But because there are so many voices, because there are so many tweets you can go through, you're just like, well, I'm just going to fucking ignore that. I mean, it's basically Reddit. Twitter is like a weird uh, bastardized, uh, bastardized version of Reddit. You know what I mean? And nobody goes to Reddit going like, I'm going to read some really intelligent arguments. And that's what I feel about Twitter. Like nobody ever opens their Twitter app and they're like, I'm going to read some opinions that really change or challenge my mind. People open it because they go, I'm going to find some motherfuckers who disagree with me and I'm going to tell them how fucking wrong they are. And that to me is just like, what are we doing? I mean, we're all just slowly dying. What the fuck are we doing? And I mean, I have Twitter for work and, you know, I wish I was better at it. I wish I tweeted more, but that's kind of the rabbit hole I fall down where I'm just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like the arguments I see happen on Twitter, especially when it's just like, it's like fully grown adults. I mean, it's like a CNN host arguing with like an anonymous account that's probably owned by some 14 year old in fucking Oklahoma. I just go like, what are we doing? What, what the fuck are we wasting our time for? So if anything, I think Elon Musk buying Twitter I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about any potential positive changes he has. If Elon Musk is the man I think he is, the baller fucking move would be to just shut down Twitter. Get rid of it. <laughs> just the wild card move? Yeah, just announced tomorrow. Like, guess what? Twitter's over. Your account's been disabled. There are no <laughs> accounts. <laughs> that's the baller fucking move i wish he would do something like that because honestly what happens after that you know what i mean because we do have like twitter alternatives but none of them um match what twitter is because we live in a post-trump world so everything's political if you join truth social or you join getter or um one of the million other apps it's political so i think in a post-twitter world we're never going to get another Twitter. We're just going to get liberal versions and conservative versions of it, just echo chambers, which that's what Twitter is. It basically just hosts a ton of echo chambers. So I say the baller move, just get rid of it. Just kill it. Spend $44 billion and then tell the whole world to go fuck itself. That's the baller move. That's the Elon Musk move. Stop trying to change Twitter. It ain't going to get better. Human beings ain't going to get better, so Twitter ain't going to get better. It's always good. It's just going to be what it is. You know what I mean? Well, is Donald Trump coming back to Twitter? Um, Does it, well, let me ask you this. Does Elon Musk unban his account, and does Trump come back? Yes, to both. To both? I think um, as far as Musk um, unsuspending his account, I think that will take a long time. But he has said he, – he announced the other day he was starting – I can't remember what it was called. But he, he's starting a council on content moderation. So he's sort of revamping how Twitter deals with content moderation. And he has said in the past that he doesn't believe in um, lifetime bans, which – I guess I would agree with. Um, 
But as far as bringing Trump back, yeah, I think he, I think he brings Trump back. But I also think Musk is too smart to know, uh, to not know uh, the consequences of bringing him back during certain time periods. So I don't think Trump's coming back this year. I don't think Trump's coming back next year. I don't think Trump's coming back before 2024 because I think Musk is too smart. I think he knows that would look like some kind of endorsement. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't think like Musk. Musk has a brain like no other. But yeah, I think I, I think at some point he invites Trump back on. And Trump does this whole thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to stay on Truth Social. Truth Social is doing so good. It's fucking doing better than every fucking social media. That's great, man. Cool. Awesome. He's 100% coming back to Twitter. He's an addict. If he gets invited back. He, he is an addict. He's I'm not going to be able to stay away. If you post Kofifi at 4 a.m. in the morning, you are addicted to whatever fucking service you're putting that message out on. You know what I mean? Like, there is an addiction. And, like, Truth Social is like, um, it's like him going, like, it's like when alcoholics quit alcohol and they're like, I'm just going to drink soda. Or, like, heroin addicts are like, I'm going to try this methadone thing. It's like, with Trump, it ain't going to take. It ain't going to hold. He will, if he gets invited back to Twitter, he'll be on Twitter within hours. It won't even take 24 hours. He will be back. And also because he's too smart of a marketer to miss out on that opportunity and go like, I'm just going to stick to Truth Social. Because that would be a guy who believes in some kind of like weird mission statement. This is the ex-host of Celebrity Apprentice. You know what I mean? He's doing whatever the fuck it takes, which, hey, hashtag respect, man. So now we're on the topic of politics. The uh, the midterms are about to happen uh, on the 8th. What are your predictions for the midterms? Honestly, um, the same as a lot of people who are far smarter than me on these topics. If you tune into cable news, if you listen uh, into the people who have been around for years and have very like respectable opinions about this stuff, even they don't really know what's going to happen. Like, this is the biggest toss-up year I've seen in a while. Um, so I don't know. Like, there's there's a part of me that goes, Republicans are going to have a huge fucking vict- victory. And then there's a part of me that goes, ah, maybe they won't. Because the because fucking the abortion wild, shit. The abortion shit's a big thing. And then the other thing is, Republicans are running like super risky candidates and I'm not saying anything bad about any of them, (laughs) like whatever. I mean, you know me. I mean, when Trump was first elected, I was like, yo, let's get Kid Rock as a Senator. Let's get fucking like Caitlyn Jenner as a Senator. Like I was going crazy where I was like, let's fuck the whole Congress up. I will say uh, Trump kind of took too long to jump on my idea. So Kid Rock wasn't around. I guess Caitlyn Jenner wasn't around. Now there's people like uh, Dr. Oz, um, uh, J.D. Vance, Herschel Walker, Carrie Lake. These are very like extremist candidates. And I'm not saying their opponents aren't extremists. They 100% are. But there's a big if with this, uh, with these midterm elections, which is, do these Trump endorsed candidates who, if they never got endorsed by Trump, probably wouldn't have gotten their nominations. 
do they completely fail or do they actually win? Because all the polls indicate like everything's sort of in a dead heat. Like, uh, fuck, man, Dr. Oz, who we know, of course, from TV when we were kids, <laughs> he was fucking on TV all the time going like, do you want to lose weight? Here's a pill. Like, he was that guy. You know what I mean? And now he's literally running against a guy who had a stroke in, I think, May and is very clearly recovering from a stroke. He's still in a fucking dead heat in the polls, which tells you how absolutely unlikable Dr. Oz is. So then you ask, like, is he going to win? Is he not going to win? I don't know. I think it's a toss-up with all those elections, but those elections, those Trump-endorsed candidates, those are what is going to determine what happens in 2024. Because if they all lost, then I'd start doubting Trump is going to uh, run in 2024. If they all win, if Dr. Oz, one of the most unlikable people on earth, most unlikable, if he manages to actually be a stroke victim who has been out polling him even after the stroke, it's undeniable. Trump owns the party. Trump will run in 2024, and he'll also win in 2024. So th- this is really going to be Dr. Oz is the canary in the coal mine is what you're saying. Well, yeah, he, he's one of them. I think Oz is a big one. Oz is probably the biggest, but Herschel Walker is another big race. Um, Carrie Lake in Arizona. And um, I'd also say J.D. Vance in Ohio because they're all very unexpected candidates. And individually, like none of them are dumb people. Like they are all individually uh, successful. They just happen to say like, really fucking crazy things and to hone in on dr oz specifically it's not even that he's um a bad politician it's just he's unlikable he's just the definition of unlikable i wouldn't even say that like herschel walker for example uh for example herschel walker says some absolutely bonkers shit i mean he's showing off an honorary cop badge and going, I was part of law enforcement, which sort of blows the mind because you go, you were one of the biggest NFL stars in history. You don't have to brag about being a fake cop. Like, this is not necessary. But I think with Oz, he's just so unlikable. Like, Herschel Walker, very likable. Um, J.D. Well, Vance. On. Hold on one second. Let's let's dig it on this Doctor Oz thing for a second. Why why is oh, Doctor yeah, you like Doctor Oz? <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know much about him other than his than his TV show, um, that right. was that was on. I don't even know if it's still on, but um, no, no, it's not. What? Why do you think Doctor Oz is unlikable? What about him? Because he is the he's the epitome of privilege. He's the prep kid. You know what I mean? Did you ever see that movie with um? Um, Brendan Fraser and Matt Damon, early '90s movie. Yeah. Anyone who has school ties, you see school it, ties. Right? Yeah, and uh... he's he's Matt Damon without the anti-Semitism that we know of, allegedly. Well, that we know of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? That might be there too. But he is that personality, which is like I'm entitled to this, 
and yet there's no acknowledgement of how entitled he is. Is he running you know for I mean? senator? Senate, yeah. Okay. And running what, against Fetterman for, for Senate. Um, what is their district like? Is it like a super um, like ritzy place or what is it? Well, it's uh, – so these are why – these uh, elections are really – and this is why Trump made his endorsements because these elections are really signature as far as, far as uh, the midterms go because Pennsylvania, for instance – that's a swing district like yeah. that can or a swing state. I'm sorry. That can go Republican or it can go Democrat. Georgia, same way. Ohio. Arizona. Yeah, Ohio. Arizona is typically considered a Republican state. But especially after Trump's election where he flipped a few states and then Biden's election where he flipped a few states back. Now it's really in question of like. Do are these red states? Are these blue states? Like that's what these elections are going to determine, or at least determine in the short term. Because my personal opinion is, I don't think that shit matters anymore. I don't think there's any such thing as a red state or a blue state anymore, because the the, the terms like Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, they still matter to like cable news hosts, to the average person. I don't think those words mean fucking shit anymore even if you're someone who was like three years ago called yourself a republican you're probably not anymore or your beliefs have morphed to the point where it's like those don't even align with the republican party uh that you aligned yourself with three years ago you know what i mean so that's where the those are the definitive elections because they're swing states and because they determine really like Trump's standing with the party. And then on top of that, they really say a lot about what are the beliefs of the party? Because like, for, for example, Dr. Oz, we were talking about Dr. Oz, my boy, you know, I used to watch his show and he was on Oprah. If anyone forgot, he started on fucking Oprah. <laughs> and if you look up Dr. Oz, you will find many, many articles about like how he's a snake oil salesman <laughs> but they're from way before he was like i'm a republican i love trump blah 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 blah. but like dr oz for example i mean he's running for senate i mean we what does he believe is he a conservative because he's talking about how marrow uh, marijuana is a gateway drug and maybe in the 80s, maybe in the 90s, maybe in the early 2000s, that was a Republican Party stance of like, we don't like drugs. But in a post-Trump world, I was hoping Republicans would become a little more progressive on social issues because those issues don't matter. You know what I mean? Who the fuck cares? Just Who like gay marriage, abortion, the, the socially exactly. liberal stuff. And that's what worries me is that in a post-Trump world, whether he runs again or not, I mean, whatever, this is a separate conversation. But that's what worries me in a post, you know, him getting elected world is that Republicans sort of move back to this socially conservative thing. And I know they think that's appealing in their bubble, in their Oklahoma rallies and their, you know, whatever Florida rallies. That's not appealing. Nobody wants that. Nobody on earth is asking for social Republicans to get, make a comeback. So that's what worries me about Dr. Oz is he is an indication of 
social conservatives making a comeback. And that was one thing that did piss me off about, I mean, Trump, I have plenty of problems with. I never fucking voted for him. But that was something that pissed me off about him is after the Roe v. Wade thing, he should have come out and been like, fuck you guys, you pussies. Because he's Donald Trump. He's a billionaire. He's paid for abortions. Oh, he's, yeah. I mean, let's think about our lives and let's think about his life. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you start going, well, if I've been in A, B, and C situation, he's probably been in those situations too, but to an extreme degree. You know what I mean? So I don't understand it. Um, and it's partly his fault too. I mean, he should be directing the party into a much more libertarian um, uh, uh, corner. And he, I, I thought he, I didn't vote for him in 2016, but I, that was the one positive thing I had to say, uh, say about him was like, he is sort of saying libertarian things because he's the one guy going, hey, you know what? Going into Iraq for no reason and thousands of people dying, that was kind of fucking weird, right? Like that was the shit that made me go, wow, like maybe he, I don't know, maybe he can do some good things. And I think while he was president, he did do some good things. He also did some bad things and he never ever said anything that was right but that's the fucking problem is he then endorses oz herschel walker all these people and you start going like where is the republican party today because in 2016 donald trump was holding a fucking rainbow flag and look at the fuck up he is the first person to be elected as president endorsing gay marriage even Obama wasn't that guy. Yeah. Obama didn't endorse gay marriage till I think 2012. He did it during a midterm election to sort of boost his party. But before that, he was in favor of, I believe, um, civil unions, which is what um, uh, Bush was in favor of, which whatever. You can make arguments for that, but in 2022, it just doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> just let him get married. But that's what fucking worries me is he was such a – he was sort of a libertarian candidate in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, he fucking wasn't. But now he's sort of embracing people where you go like, what the fuck? Like Dr. Oz. I mean, let's think about it as if we're in school. We're just school kids. We're not all adults. We're, we're in grade school. Trump, Donnie, Donnie on the playground you might want to hang out with, you know? Because he's, he's a little weird, but he's fun. You know what I mean? He's entertaining. Mehmet Oz, nobody wants to hang out with. That's just a cold art fact. And the proof of that is this fucking man, again, is running against a man who is very fucking clearly recovering from a stroke. And there are even conservatives who look at him and go, eh. I don't know. I don't know if I can vote for him. He might be too much of a nerd. I mean, shit, Fetterman after that fucking debate, the New York Times had, their headline said he was showing, um, I won't get the wording right, but they said he was showing stroke effects. And again, I'm not saying anything bad. He's very clearly recovering. He's recovering well. But the question is, is he at a place right now where he can govern? I think the answer is no, but the fact that the polling shows them in a dead heat, holy fuck, how fucking unlikable 
do you have to be to like imagine you if they were like uh you're going up for a job and they're like guess what the guy you're going up against don't worry he had a stroke two months ago he can barely speak you'd be like oh shit i got this in the bag you might not feel good about it but you'd be like i got this in the bag not oz nope nope what he happens faces- uh sorry uh, finish what you were saying I was just going to say, um, uh, with Oz at the debate, I mean, if you watch clips from that debate, it's very clear, again, Fetterman is clearly recovering. Um, and I think he will fully recover at a certain point. But it is clear, like, he's in the middle of that recovery. So then it's a question of, like, can he govern? But it says a lot about Oz that he can be up against a guy like that, and he can't fucking change the polls at all. What happens to Biden after the midterms? Does he stay in office? Uh, well, that's a big question. I mean, he will. I mean, he will stay in office after the midterms, whether Democrats lose or not. Um, if Democrats lose seats, if Republicans take either the House or the Senate, and a lot of people think they're going to take control of both. He's 100% not running in 2024. Um, But I'm of the opinion, I don't think he's running either way. I think he's going to, I think probably sometime next year, probably summer next year, he's going to sort of gracefully take a step back. And he's going to go like, oh, you know, I'm getting older. Maybe he'll say something about dementia and he's going to step back. That being said, I literally have no clue what they do after that because I don't think making Kamala the nominee is the answer. And I, as dumb as I think Democrats are, I don't think they're that dumb. So they're in a really awkward position because if they lose these midterms, they are 100% in a position where in 2024, they have to have a different ticket. That's different people for president and vice president i don't know how that looks when they when they held office for four years and it's it's only one term because you're not you're not running another campaign where republicans had the office for the last four years you're going we had the office for the last four years here's this new ticket that is incredibly dangerous so I don't know. There, there's, there's part of me that agrees with everybody where it's like, no fucking way they're running Biden because he's about to be 80 this month, and he's very clearly 80. <laughs> he's, oh, yeah, I would I almost say he's 90 when he speaks. Like he is. Well, but then I, I also, I also go like, well, Clint Eastwood's 90, and I mean, you can understand what he's saying. So I don't know. I think even they don't know. I think they're waiting on the midterms because I think if they win, if they keep a majority in the House and if they win a few seats in the Senate, I think they're thinking in their minds, now we do have some leeway to run different people in 2024. But if that doesn't happen and historically that never happens, I don't know. They're in a really fucking bad position. I almost think Democrats are hoping that Trump runs in 2024, because if there's one winning argument they have, it's Trump. Like, as long as they focus on Trump, 
they keep their support. They win over some support. They keep some people from supporting him because, you know, they they sort of highlight this craziness where you go like, oh yeah, he is kind of a psychopath, isn't he? So I don't know. It, it's, but I also think I'll say this: you can talk to people who are much smarter than me. You can talk to like CNN political analysts, and they'll have their predictions. None of them know. We are in the most unsure political period we've ever been in. And I'll also say that sounds super douchey. I don't really give a fuck about any of this. I don't know if I made that clear. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> but you do give a fuck about Andor. What did you think of the new episode? Oh, Andor, the Star Wars show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're talking about important stuff. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you been watching it? Are you all caught up? I'm all caught up. Yeah, I, I watched uh, the, uh, the episode, the new episode yesterday. I'll say this, man. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. In fact, I'm probably more not a Star Wars fan than a Star Wars fan. But this is my favorite show they've done. I um, I think it's great. And one of the reasons I like it, which probably makes me a douchebag, I like how non-Star Wars it is. And yet at the same time, um, it provides more context to the world of Star Wars. Like, one of the things I like best is the way the Empire is represented and the people within it, like the bureaucrats within it. Because in other movies and shows... You see the empire and it's, you know, it's sort of just like, it's evil. You know, they're authoritarian, whatever. In this, you really see the people who work for the empire and why they believe in it. And it, I mean, really, it becomes a very blatant representation of communism. Just the banality of it. You know what I mean? The banality of existence. It's very representative of communism. And I'll say one of the reasons I, I did watch this show, because I was I was kind of done with Star Wars. I mean, I I like Boba Fett. I, I kind of like Mandalorian, whatever. But the guy who created it, Tony Gilroy, big writer. I mean, he, he did the Born Identity movies. He did, uh, he wrote and directed Michael Clayton, one of the best fucking movies made, period. He did this, and all the interviews when he was promoting it, he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't really give a fuck about Star Wars. He's like, I never had nostalgia for it. He was talking about, like, when cast members came in, and they were all excited, like, I'm going to be part of Star Wars. He was like, I'd let them down. You know what I mean? I'd tell them, like, calm the fuck down. We're adults. We're doing so something that was different what, here. Yeah, that was what kind of got me into it, and I will say it's a great show. It's it's a slow burn, but I love the fact that they basically, it, it feels like they handed a universe to Tony Gilroy and he went, let me find like three or four characters within this world and we'll hyper-focus on them. And then it becomes a, a thing of like, well, if you just take the background away, this story works in today's time. You know what I mean? So I, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. I love that they gave just a two-season order to it. I love that Tony Gilroy is just being like, fuck Star Wars. And I love that there's not a lot of novelty to it. You know what I mean? No novelty. Even, there's not even yeah. a lot of aliens in this. Oh, no, you see nothing. It's human beings. Yeah. yeah you, you see, uh, that's one of the things is like even Boba Fett and even Mando, I like both a lot. 
but there were moments. I mean, we talked about this. There were moments where it was, I mean, it would make me physically ill, the novelty. Like, I'm sorry, de-aging Mark Hamill from 70 to 20 or 30, whatever it's supposed to be. Why are we doing that? What fucking purpose is for that? Except to be like, oh my God, we got to see Luke Skywalker again. Except it's not Luke Skywalker. It looks weird. Yeah, it looks fucking weird. So unless you're blinded by nostalgia, it's like that shit is stupid. So I love that Tony Gilroy's coming in, and these are real fucking characters. Like Andy Serkis uh, is fan fucking awesome, dude. Holy shit. I mean, obviously talented, because we obviously grew up with him in like Lord of the Rings and stuff. And he has had roles where he doesn't um he doesn't get covered by CGI. But I will say great actor. Watching him on that show, I go there are times like I go, Holy fuck, man. Like this he's so good. I feel like if you were on the set and watching him act, you would just be put into a daze. Well where, like the scene ends and you'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> I love to uh, that, you know, he starts off, he's very by the book. He's like, I'm getting yes. out of here. Do what I say, yada, yada, yada. Then that old dude dies from a stroke. Yes. The, he basically euthanizes him, kills him. And um, they find out that uh, the 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 prison that they're in, the like it, it's basically slave labor. You're never let out. Even though they say you're yeah. gonna be let out, you just get moved to a different floor and you never see anybody else. And uh, when that old dude dies, Andy Circus has that switch where the light goes yeah. off, and Andor the whole episode was asking him how many guards are on each floor, and then he t- yeah he finally yeah, yeah. tells him after that dude dies. So and we're about to see him get fucking real. I'm stoked for that. And that's that's a real writer. That's Tony, you know what I mean? That's Tony Gilroy being like, I understand how stories work. Because if that was if that storyline was told in another Star Wars show, it wouldn't have been that. It wouldn't have been dragged out that long. Andy Circus would have had one episode. You know what I mean? His yeah. arc would have been, just put into been like a hard five ass. minutes. Yeah, exactly. And then like at the last minute, maybe he comes to his senses and he helps the heroes or whatever. I love that they're sort of doing this slow burn thing. And like that, like what you just described was so good because this prison thing. So for background, I mean, basically the main character, Cassian Andor, he gets six years for doing nothing, which again, plays into the idea that the empire is sort of this communist regime. And then basically he's doing slave labor and Andy Serkis is the guy who is I don't know, the prison manager? Like, he's the prisoner they put in charge of other prisoners. Other prisoners, prisoners yeah, on the, on the yeah. work floor. Yeah. But it, it, it's great the way it works because they let it play out. You know what I mean? Because he's been in that prison for, what, four episodes, three episodes, yeah. two, wh- yeah, whatever it's been it a is. Long time. I mean, yeah, he's been there for a while. I love it. I think, again, Andy Serkis is... I mean, there's a lot of performances you can watch where you go like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. But Andy Serkis is so good in it. Like, I have moments where I'm like, holy fuck. Like, this guy's doing exactly what he was born to do. Like, he is the fucking standout to this show. And everyone else is great in the show. But, yeah, I love it. Um, I think there's, like, three episodes left. I'll watch all of them. I'll watch the second season. And other Star Wars shows, I, I can't say that about. Like, I... 
you know, what do they have coming up? They have like even Mandalorian season three. I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I'm oh, I'm stoked for Mandalor Mandalorian season three. I will absolutely yeah. watch it. I'm super pumped for that. I'm looking forward to the Ahsoka show, uh, just because Rosario Dawson. One. Yeah, is, well, Rosario Dawson is she's a insanely fucking, fucking hot, dude. Yeah. I would she's, suck on those those alien things that come out of her head. <laughs> oh, the the weird hair, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd get a freak with those. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she's a reason to to do anything, but yeah, I've kind of, I just, I, I guess, I've lost interest just because, again, there's so much fucking novelty and nostalgia and so much shit that has nothing to do with anything that's sort of wormed into these stories. And then I watch Andor and I'm like, they're not doing any of it. Like they're just telling a story. Why the fuck can't we do that? Why the fuck can't we just enjoy simple things? Why do we need Luke Skywalker at 30? Mark Hamill 70. Well, I what told you fuck? what my prediction was the other day for um, the Stellan Skarsgård character. I think he's a, a Jedi in hiding. I think um, so too. I think I uh, he's he. Uh, Andor will witness his death, and that will be the thing that will trigger Andor into being full on fucking rebel. Okay, because um, that is a Star like Wars, a Star Wars thing. It's like your your fucking mentor dies. You watch your mentor yeah. die, and then you have to rise to the occasion. Like it's well, it's a trope as old as time, but Star Wars especially does it. And don't they mention him, uh, the Stellan uh, uh, Skarsgård character, they mention him in the last episode as, like, the biggest thug, not in the galaxy, but whatever. No, no, like, I think that that's someone oh, else. Oh, that's not him? No, they're bringing someone else okay. in because she got that money from him, remember? Because they knocked what? over. He was responsible yeah, they, for yeah, putting the team, yeah, yeah. and they that's knocked over all him. those credits. Yeah. Okay. All right, maybe I'm wrong. I go into a daze, bro. I just start enjoying Tony Gilroy writing. And th that's another thing I'll say I love is I'm not big on, like, talk to a Marvel fan and go, hey, what do you love about these movies? They'll start giving you, like, story points. They'll give you very macro stuff. You know what I mean? That stuff, to me, doesn't matter. It's the character interactions. It's the small moments. It's the minutia. It's the, you know, the small details. And I feel like Andor sort of lives on that stuff. Because the story overall is basically, I mean, it's basically a boiler plot political thriller. If it wasn't Star Wars, you know what I mean? It's, it would work as any... Yeah. Any political, you could drop it in Washington, D.C., or you could take all right. of the Star Wars and just make it a sci-fi political thriller. It still yeah. works. And that's why I think I like it is they sort of ignore the macro stuff and they really hone in on the micro. They really hone in on the characters, on sort of building these smaller worlds. You know, like they start showing really what the Empire is through characters and they start showing... Like a great example, bro, and um, I'm going to sound horrible because I didn't look up her name, but the the character from, um, um, was it Manda? No, it was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, the uh, Darth Vader's Padawan that he ends up killing. She was a great character because the payoff felt right, 
before that, it felt like they don't know how to write this character. Well, he didn't end up killing her. She ended up living at the end of the show, remember? Oh, did she? Oh, yeah, because she sent a message, right? Yeah. Well, she went to go try and kill Luke Skywalker, young Luke Skywalker, but she ended up just, like, falling apart. And I think Obi-Wan, if they do another season of that, they're setting her up to be the Padawan of fucking Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. I guess I forgot that. But my point is... She was not a good character for so long. And then if you look at um, Andor, they have that uh, character who works for the Empire. Um, The woman? Yeah. She's great, dude. Oh, my God. Because you go like this right here. You want more female characters? Fucking this. This is a real character. This is a human fucking being. Not like some sort of just broad strokes like this will appeal to twitter and then you sort of tie it into nostalgia it's like uh, whatever maybe it works in the end sort of that's what i like about um andor i was about to say mando that's what i like about andor is every character just feels real man i have a prediction for her character oh shit hit me i think that's um andor's sister Oh, fuck. You just blew my mind. Right? Because he's looking for a sister. Yep. And they keep telling him, like, stop looking. Interesting. So he has a blonde sister? Are they, like, half-siblings? Well, I, I don't know what... Because it shows him with his sister at the beginning of the show. He leaves that planet, goes with his mom that adopted him. Right. Um, and all that shit, but that would be my prediction, is that she is, because it would be a great twist, um, because they're eventually going to have to figure it out, she's been hunting him down this whole time, and then she finds out, oh shit, this is my brother, or maybe she knows it, maybe she's deeply embedded, maybe she's a double agent, you don't, you don't really know, I think she's actually bad to the bone, like, I don't think, I think she's going to be very conflicted when she finds out it's Andor, but I also think she might just say fuck it because of how cold she is. Interesting. Okay. I like that theory. I like that theory. I'm curious to see, too, what they do with that guy um, that was at that original event where Andor and the fucking Stellan Skarsgård, they killed all those those Empire people, all the, the Stormtroopers. And, or not the Stormtroopers, because they, they were like the... It's the dude that works in the office now. You know the one I'm talking about? No. You talk, was he part of Andor's team? No, no. He was, So he was uh, the one who was originally investigating Andor killing those guys on that oh, planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah, shows yeah. up okay. and yep. fucking um, fucks up and he gets demoted or get he gets fired. And yeah. then, um, yep. but I'm curious to see what happens with his character. Because he's equally ambitious. Like, when it showed him going outside of her office, and he's like, I've been coming out here every day for a month, and to thank you and all that shit. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I was fucking blanking. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He's a great fucking character. Yeah. Holy fuck. And that's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, how the fuck did it take so long for someone to come along and go like, Let's humanize these empire people. Like, let's show them as human beings who have gotten caught up 
in a system that promises things that it doesn't deliver, you know, which is, that's life. I mean, <laughs> the most fucking extreme example is Nazism, but like we've always seen extremist authoritarian political movements that attract people and not every person who's attracted to it is necessarily evil. So I will say he's a character who like, I personally go like, I wouldn't like this guy. No, but when yeah. I watch the show, I'm like, I'm so fucking happy that they're doing his storyline. Cause he gives so much context to not only the empire, but like why people are attracted to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's ambitious. And yeah. He's, he's, um, he's like, you know, in clerks, when you hear like uh Randall, go on that rant about like well you blew up the death star but what about like all the contractors on there you know what about the plumbers and stuff like he's that guy you know what i mean he's the devil's advocate and yet he's a true believer and he's kind of a hard character i would say like when you're first introduced to him very easy to hate by the last episode you're kind of started going like i kind of get where this guy's coming from yes you know what i mean well I get where he's at that's what's interesting about the the fact that this is almost like a political, like House of Cards style drama, because it, yeah. you start to understand his view where he's like, there needs to be fucking rules. And he yes. is right to a certain degree, like from his view, Andor is a fucking criminal that is going around killing people. Yes, yeah. they're they're. And, and it's, it's which is not false. No, it's not false. Well, yeah. what I like too, this is the first Star Wars property that's really been focused on the gray area yeah uh, yeah 100 percent. because even just showing so much of his storyline sort of grays up the whole process and, and 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 or being the main character because over these episodes like we've seen he's not he's not a particularly good guy you know what i mean He's a man of principle, though. That's what I will make the he's argument. A man, he, he's a man of principle, but he's a selfish man. Yes. Which uh, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was great, and we had talked about this previously, but that scene where he shoots that guy in the, in the head that was on his team, because, it, like, impulsively, you could see it in his face. It was, like, impulsive. He was horrified by what he did yeah. immediately after he did it. But he shot that guy in the head just because that guy suggested um, like stealing all the money that they just stole and yep. splitting it 50-50. And Andor was like, do you not, like, he didn't even have the conversation with him. It was. But do you think, do you think he did that? Because my theory is he didn't do that because he was morally opposed to what that guy was saying. I think to him and where he's at as a character, I think he was saying, you're too much of a risk to keep alive. Interesting. I mean, you might be right. I, I, I don't thinking know. Of, maybe I'm thinking of Andor as more cold-hearted, because um, we saw him in Rogue One, and he's a very not a very different character. He's still the same guy, but he, he is a different character. My thought during that scene was, once that guy says, "Look, man, we can screw over all these other people," I think Andor is just—he has so much street smarts. He knows. He's, he's he's probably thinking to himself, yeah, we could take this money. That would be a really good deal, but you're fucking over these people. Why the fuck would I ever trust you? 
You know what I mean? Well, so I think that's why he shot him. I think that that's was the, my anti-hero take on him. I I would say that is a fair argument. The only thing that I would say that contradicts that he mm. gives up that side, like the the Kyber crystal that they used to make lightsabers. Right. He gives that back. He's like, here, take this, take this to what what's his name. Um, the dude who hired him from the job and said, we're good now. I'm just going to take my money, which he didn't have but to do that. He could have kept that. I would say that's different because when the guy says to him, oh, let's take the money, it's an opportunity right in front of his face. You know what I mean? So he has to make a bad decision to um, to respond to that. But, yeah, I think he is a man of principle. Like, I, I don't think he wants to – I don't think he would want to steal from them. Like, I don't think he'd want to steal, like, the whole fucking lot. He just wants to take what he's owed. You know what I mean? And that's what he said. Yeah. But the fact that someone came up to him and put him in a position where it's like, well, if I walk away from this, this guy's probably going to kill me. I think he's cutthroat enough to think through those scenarios and then go, yeah, I got to kill this guy. Or at least that's where he is right now. Maybe that's not, like, the Rogue One and or. But that's what I like about the show is it's sort of showing him as – he is a little bit ruthless. He definitely has um, he definitely has principles. He definitely wants to do the right thing. But he's also a guy who, not like, a, when not his life his is cost, on the line. Though. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, he ain't no fucking Luke Skywalker where he's going to be like, I'll sacrifice myself. Obviously, he gets there in Rogue One. But that's what I like about how they're showing his character in Andor. Because it's showing, like, he does have those principles, but he is... In no way a guy who's willing to sacrifice himself for others. He will help other people. He'll put himself on the line. But if it comes down to like, no, you're 100% going to die. He's like, nope. Not about. How long have you been in Tampa for now? Um, it's November. I've been here since April. So April, May, June, July. August, September, October. So I've been here like seven months. What do you think of it so far? What are your What are your first thoughts on Florida? Oh, I'll fucking give you some thoughts, motherfucker. You know what I think about Florida? Fuck the sunshine. Fuck the coast. Fuck the motherfucking beaches. I have been trying to get my motherfucking medical marijuana card for so fucking long. I will never vote for Ron DeSantis. I don't give a fuck how much I agree with him. Fuck him. This medical marijuana shit is communist, bro. It's commie bullshit. I have been trying to get my motherfucking medical marijuana card because I just went, you know, we're both from Maine. You know, it got approved there. It was so fucking easy. I lived in Colorado, dude. I understand. Yeah. In Florida? No, bro. You ask somebody for your med card, you're basically like, can I finger bang your cat in front of you on video and then make you watch it 10 times? It's insane. What happened? Did I, you I have, have your to, appointment I, today? I have, to talk, I have to talk to multiple adults to get a piece of paper that says I'm legally allowed to smoke a plant inside my house. And what bugs me is when I talk to these people who are part of the process, none of them acknowledge how ridiculous it is, how ridiculous it is that we're spending our time on this, that we're all going to die, man. 
I could be dead in 10 years. And all this time we're spending just talking about permission to smoke a plant, to smoke something that grows out of the ground in your own house. Make it legal or make it illegal. I've, uh, I've now realized this medical marijuana shit, I'm against it, 100%. It's communist bullshit. And if you believe in it, you're communist. So to me, DeSantis, you're communist, and you're communist forever. Fuck you. I'll never vote for you. I don't give a fuck if you found the fountain of youth. I don't give a fuck if you suddenly wake up and realize that invading other countries is unjust. I don't give a fuck. You slighted me, and now I hate you. Fuck you. But anyway, besides that, Florida is pretty, it's pretty great, man. Like the people down here are nice. You know, there's always something to do. I like Florida a lot. Yeah. Have you seen any uh, trashy Florida shit recently? <sighs> Bro, I've done some trashy Florida shit. <laughs> like what? <laughs> no, nah, some of the stuff I can't tell you, bro. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've yeah, I've seen some trashy Florida shit. Because the thing is, down here, I mean, fuck, bro, you can be in like some nice um, areas. Uh, fuck, you can be in Wesley Chapel. You know what I mean? And you'll see some fucked up shit. Like there's there's Florida living uh, happening down here for sure. There's some weird shit. It's the really gas a- station I go to all the time. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. So because of uh, Joe Flation, they have to close uh, for part of the day. So you never know if you show up if they're going to be open or not. If they're not open because they're like, oh, it's because of staffing issues, you will see approximately twelve to twenty homeless people just ogling the fucking door just chilling and yeah you he wait with them and you're like am i gonna get stabbed like am i gonna get raped am i gonna rape one of these people i don't know let's not take it off the table well yeah that's what i say yeah that's why i stay and i wait with them <laughs> it's the wild west of, of states like i i i've always yeah. thought that about florida like people talk about the wild Scam west. capital of the world bro the what capital I was a scam capital of the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. That's one thing I'll say to people. If you're moving to Florida, be aware. This is the scam capital of the world. Somebody's always trying to scam you and they're very good at it. Well, Florida, I think it's Dade County. So where Miami is has the most, um, amount of like, uh, social security fraud in the, the entire U S yeah, that's what I mean. It, it it literally is the scam capital of the USA, bro. You got to watch your fucking back in Florida. But at the same time, um, yeah, Florida's nice, man. Have it's a had- big fucking state. You know what I mean? You Like, southern Florida and, you know, Tampa are like two different countries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, literally. Like, you go down to, yeah. to south Florida... And it's like a, an international city in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if someone says to me, like, oh, I've been to Florida, I have to be like, well, where have you been? You know what I mean? Because it's a, it's like literally polar opposite experiences, depending on where you've been. Well, the other thing is, too, so you got like the Tampa vibe, you got the South Florida vibe. Then there's the Daytona Beach vibe, which is super Ooh, white yeah. trash. 
in yeah, the, in very the, different. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with the panhandle. It's also very, very like trashy. You know what I mean? Like people want to go down to Florida. They talk so romantically about it, and I'm like, people vacationing there. I'm like, have you ever been there fucking before? Like you know what it's actually like? Because I just have memories as a kid living down there. And what it's really like to live in Florida, because everyone thinks of the beach, they think of that kind of whole lifestyle, um, but it's not that. You're just landlocked on this grid if you're not rich. Basically. Wait, how 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 long did you live here? Like, how old were you when you moved down here? So I was 11 when I moved away from Florida, and I moved back there when I was 18 for six months. Um, when I left Maine, you remember when I left Maine? I moved down to Florida for a little while. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I meant when you were a kid. So, like, you don't have any fond memories? Or you're just sort of like, I'm a Florida expert. Like, I know. I know I'm a Florida expert, dude. I'm a Florida expert. I I fundamentally understand. When when I see someone spazzing out, I, I can feel a homeless person about to spaz out before they actually do. Because Florida, bro. I have I have a sixth sense about it. I can tell when someone's about to go off or some weird shit's about to happen. I can smell it before it goes down. But that's also city living. You know what I mean? It's city it's city living to a cer- certain degree, yes, but Florida has its own brand of that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it Florida is extreme. Is, it's its own brand of weird. Like I I some stuff I don't even know how to explain. It's um, who's that mother? Oh, I can't think of his name. Who's that motherfucker? He's like the rap version of uh, Theo Vaughn. Who am I thinking of? Riff and Raff. They interviewed him. Riff Raff. Riff Raff, Florida. If yeah. it became a person, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you see some looks down here. You like you see the way some people dress and the way they. <laughs> style their hair and you go like what is happening what was your goal here you know what i mean but it's like florida that's the explanation florida well the other thing about it too it you're not in the northeast but there are so many people from the northeast who live down there all across the state that it has that vibe as well right that's very true yeah because most people here are not from here like even more so than um, Nashville, because like Nashville, I'd always ask like you know girls I was talking to, I'd be like, oh, where are you from? You know what I mean? Because everyone has a different place down here, even uh, to a bigger degree. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's a uh, it's a wild time, dude. I remember, dude. You want to hear a story from when I moved back there? Yeah. Okay. See so uh this was during the obama years we're still in a recession things are not good um i guess it's five bucks a gallon yeah which i didn't have i didn't I have my license yet i learned how to drive in florida i got my driver's license in florida um how old were you when you got your driver's license i was 18. okay all right not too pathetic all no right. not too pathetic but it I felt like lay into you. <laughs> it took for it took forever but um yeah, so when I was 18 uh, down in South Florida, I was working at this place called Flanagan Seafood Bar and Grill, which is like oh, the... That is so East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the South Florida version of Applebee's, basically. 
Like okay. you, uh, and I've been back a couple of times since I, I've left. Whenever I go down to see my sister, we always go to Flanagan's. They're like a chain down in South Florida. They have, honestly, bro, they have a great fucking cheesesteak. If you ever go down there, go there and get the cheesesteak. It's fan oh, fucking tasty. I'll definitely try it. Yeah, Flanagan's. Okay. But um, yeah. So I was working, uh, working. Um, and there's all these fucking hot waitresses that are uh, fucking 23 and 24. And when you're 18, that seems like they're so much older and so much cooler. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, at least I thought that. I was like, these girls are really cool. And they, they, I never told them I was a virgin, but they knew, bro. They could smell it on me, and they always brought well, it up. Well, bro, that's not very hard to detect. We, you know. Oh, no, I know. But um, we know like, now we, I we know. know we know a certain person that we both knew right away. Nah, Virgin. man. No, nah, way, man. Dude. fuck you, man. Fuck you, You're Zach. Virgin, man. You never had sex. You never had sex. <laughs> You've only had sex with man. Probably Taylor. You guys are gay together. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't count, man. That means you're still a virgin. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I was living down there and they just always would flirt with me so heavily. And I was just bumbling. Like, truthfully, one, one of these girls, they probably would have thrown me throw me a little bit something if i would have had the balls to go for it you yeah, know like what i mean fuck. yeah oh yeah for sure if you just laid it out on there for him but i like i didn't know how situation to. i get it man yeah and they were all hot they were all trashy just all right. florida babes you know but when Bro. they're still young before before the sun really <laughs> takes hold yeah. Now Before I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, now I'm sure they they've they all probably like got. Yeah, they got like three or four kids. Um, the, their baby daddies uh, have left the state. They don't talk to them anymore. But are there? Uh, I'll ask you this: Are there any regrets bigger than when you look back on your early twenties and you're like, I could have smashed that? Because those, to me, are those are the biggest regrets I have. Because once you reach a point where you're like none of that stuff matters you don't have that um hesitation you don't have regrets as much at least in that area yeah you know what i mean but like there's a part of me that looks back at like 21 22 23 and i'm like what the fuck were you doing like, bro well, it was just being offered on a platter and you were like i don't know <laughs> well here's the thing dude the shit that was offered to me on a platter i never fucking recognized and i exactly. always yep. i always for a long time went for bottom of the barrel just whatever i could get whoever made it the fucking easiest once i figured it out you know what i mean not to not to say we've anything all, negatively about all, any of the women I've been with, but uh, we've all scraped that barrel, and who knows? That's not necessarily negative because maybe they were scraping the barrel too. They definitely were, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Do you remember? I was missing a tooth for like three years, dude. A front tooth, uh, bro. I've <laughs> yeah, I've been in similar situations. Yeah, luckily we're men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can. We can go for the, we can, um, women have to go for the Kate Upton. We can go for the Steve Buscemi, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just be funny. <laughs> These girls, though, they I just look back on them, man. They were so fucking hot, and they, 
I don't want to say they were all over me because they they weren't, but they knew, like, they thought I was, looking back on it now, they thought I was cute enough and they would have given me the chance. You know what I mean? And if I would have fucked any of these girls, I would have fell in love right away. I wouldn't have known what hit me. That's true. Yeah, that's true. If you had been just, well, and that's why you weren't brave enough to just be like, what's up? Like, we doing this? Because if you had, it would have happened. But then, like you said, I mean, you would have fallen in love right away, which I'm an expert at, bro. At falling in love? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Teach That's me your not... ways, dude. I'm old and jaded. No, 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 because it doesn't end up well. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't Ever. end up well where I'm at either right now. You fall in love, but then they end up hating you and screaming at you, and <laughs> you go, maybe I'll never do this again. <laughs> well, for me, it's a girl falls in love with me, and I'm just kind of there for the whole thing. You know what I mean? Well, just not, yeah, not reciprocating what they're giving me. And that can happen too. I I would say, I mean, I'm 29 right now. I'm about to turn 30. So I've definitely been in this weird state where um, dating in general is sort of being like reevaluated. Not that I haven't done some fucked up things because the other night I did something really fucked up. Oh, but, shit. Um, <laughs> I don't think I told you. About no. It. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that. Save that for after the show. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, like at the age I'm at, I am at a place where I'm like, sort of reevaluating that shit because when you are like, I mean, shit, I live, I live with my brother and my brother's 25 and I can see him do some things that I recognize. You know what I mean? That I go like, Oh fuck, that's, I think that's how I was. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with like just hooking up. But I think when you reach a certain age, you do have you have more context in your head you know what i mean like you understand where the other person's coming from more so and you also know like where it will go so like i'll I'll give you an example like i i dated this one girl i won't even say we dated that's kind of giving me some some slack um i saw this girl for almost three months very casual super fucking casual However, I was not aware that, like, the things I was doing were playing into certain ideas in her head. And I remember when I was trying to cut things off and I didn't really have the mental tools to do it in a healthy way. So I was doing, like, some very low-key abusive things where I was like, Oh, I can't see you this. It was during COVID. I was like, oh, I can't see you this week. Like, oh, my buddy got COVID. You know what I mean? I remember one one day this, this which this doesn't make me sound good at all. This girl showed up in my apartment <clears throat> without me knowing and left like two meals for me because she thought like maybe I had COVID. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had to... Uh, talk to her immediately and be like i'm sorry i'm sorry i led you to this point like this is not what i wanted to do but that was like a huge um learning curve for me where i was like 
you need to just be open about things. You know what I mean? Even if it, you think it's going to turn the other person off. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a huge thing for me, man. But I don't know. At this age, it's like everything's so up in the air. Like you really don't have any fucking answers. Like I'm in that state where I'm sort of reevaluating, like, what do I want to do? You know what I mean? Do I want to just get laid? Like, is that enough? Just it's not laid. Like, because, yeah, yeah, you reach a certain age. It's it's not enough, man. And you start feeling bad about certain things, you know, like I felt I still feel bad about that. I mean, I say that I feel sick to my stomach. You know what I mean? And like that was a situation that I had no clue about until it was too late. And then I was like, oh, this is a situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, so I have no answers. That's the fucking moral of that story. Don't fucking do what I do. <laughs> it's tough, dude, with the, the dating once you kind of start getting to a certain age. And I know. I, I think to this age. Yes. Like, you know, 28, 29, 30. Like, I really didn't feel any of this stuff until probably the last, like, year or two. Yeah, well, we would have conversations uh, about it, and I would kind of tell you what my perspective was, where I was like, I don't give a fuck right. about getting laid. I don't care, care about this. And you weren't you weren't there yet. You know what no, I mean? Oh, no. I was like, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah. Like, and that was, that was the Zach that was getting laid all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just got to this point to where it wasn't satisfying anymore. You know, if anything, it was it was becoming self-abuse for me. One hundred percent. Yep. Of seeing these girls and having yeah. like a, a revolving door of just yeah women. You know, it's it's not good for me and it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like <laughs> I'm not going like, oh, hey, you turn 30. You can't have one night stands anymore. Like I've had one night stands that are. um quote unquote healthy you know what i mean that aren't they they don't come attached with all this other stuff but when i was a younger man there was definitely more confusion about navigating human emotion you know what i mean and recognizing like oh shit this person's saying something but i don't think that's what they mean you know what i mean yeah well we do, i feel like in our in our culture and in our society now we do women a great disservice because we either 100%. treat treat them like perfect special flowers or we treat them like whores and there's no really in between where it is in between it's mostly in between it's like going back to andor it's it's all gray but it's but we also live in a society that for whatever fucking reason doesn't respect the idea of the gray and also, if we're talking just about dating, I mean, we're also in, I mean, if you rewind 20, 30 years, people would go like, oh, you know, men are in charge. It's an impossible situation. I would argue today we're in the same situation. It's just roles have been reversed in a weird way. Because, um, you know, I, I mean, we live in a world where most of the women I date can sell their feet picks for like three grand. You know what I mean? And so it, to specify, it puts you in awkward. What's that? <laughs> to specify, just to follow up with that, you are not against that, though. Not at all. No. I've never, ever, even before OnlyFans, I've never been a jealous guy. I think 
no, women should never be judged for anything like that. But um, I, I'm saying more just an overall um, observation is that, I, and I think this is true for men and women. I think it's really hard to date in the traditional sense today, even though I think dating in the quote unquote traditional sense is appealing to most people. And I mean, that's what leads to the sort of general malaise and dissatisfaction that I think a lot of uh, people our age feel. You know what I mean? Especially our age, because we're at a very, we're a weird generation where we live before the internet and after the internet. So we grew up with it. We grew up with it, but we also have memories of like still going outside and riding on our scooters and doing stupid shit. You know what I mean? So like when I talk to younger people, they 100% understand nothing I'm saying. And when I talk to people who are much older, obviously they don't understand because they're Boomers. baby boomer pieces of shit. Yeah, who ruin the world. But we're in a very awkward space where we're sort of a, in, in between. And I, I, I guess I realize that more interacting with my brother who's, I mean, he's only four years younger than me, but there's still like a, a generational difference. And I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm not saying like, our generation's better. I'm just saying it, it, there is sort of a general confusion about like, what is human connection today? What is dating today? You know, and and, and that's why we have all these people going like, oh, I'm, I'm in a relationship, but, you know, I also get fucked by other guys and my boyfriend jerks off in the corner. And it's like, well, is that a relationship? Like, maybe you're just friends with the guy who likes to jerk off while you get fucked. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I have no answers, but we're definitely in this weird in-between generation. You know what I mean? Why do you think baby boomers are the worst generation? Oh, you want to get me started, bro? <laughs> There's only like <laughs> three topics that will really get me off. Taxes, baby boomers. <laughs> Those are two of them. Um, because baby boomers belong to a very ignorant generation. Baby boomers were gifted with um, a time where they didn't have to know what was going on in the world 24-7. And they're also, they're the product of the greatest generation. So people who, re- people who succeeded to an extent where you can look at your child and be like, you don't have to do shit. Like, I just killed it. Like, I just killed Nazis. You ain't got to do shit. You know what I mean? And then what ended up happening? They ended up going like, oh, you know, it'd be great if we all paid into Social Security and we never got any of the money back. Oh, you know, it'd be great if we could all retire after 20 years being a doorman or something. So baby boomers are just, and they'll never admit this. That's the thing. And baby boomers, that's the, the, the thing that's most dangerous about them. I would implore anyone look up uh, election results, presidential election results, and then break it down by baby boomers and everyone else. The fact there are so many baby boomers fucking decides almost every election. There are so fucking many of them. Because obviously, like, people were coming back from fucking, they were coming back from war, and they're like, you know what I want to do? I want to blast some fucking loads in my wife and you know what <laughs> hey man you earned it do it man <laughs> you, you took out hitler yeah so people would have like nine kids and that's why like 
fuck my dad. I don't even think my dad is the uh, baby boomer generation, but I mean, he's got like five siblings. You know what I mean? It's just a different. Are they all, a, does he have ones that are older than him? Yes. Like way yeah, older than him? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he yeah, probably, the, how old is your dad? He's uh, 40. No, he's 50, 52. Okay, so he yeah. probably has siblings that are into their 60s and into their 70s. Yeah, that's true. Now that you mention that, yeah, it makes sense. Because, like, I, I have an uncle who's in his 60s. So, yeah, he was kind of part of that generation, but also kind of not part of that generation. But that's the point. It's like that generation was just like they were fucking. You know what I mean? And, yeah. hey, man, no fucking judgment. Good for you. You know what I mean? Fuck it. Pump out nine babies. Hell yeah. If I fought the fucking Nazis, I'd pump out like 16 babies. I'd be like Elon Musk. I'd impregnate every fucking woman I fucking saw. But the consequence of that is then we have a pussy generation that then gives birth to another pussy generation that's bigger pussies than them, and then so on and so on and so on. And now we're at a point where... I mean, what the fuck, dude? I'm paying the majority of my fucking salary to taxes. And do you know what the fuck people who are running for government positions are talking about? I saw a Republican the other day. He was talking about students using fucking cat litters. Now, the school said that's completely false. And as far as I know, that's not true in any way. I don't give a fuck if it's true or not. I don't give a fuck if other people's kids identify as cats and they want to piss in motherfucking litter boxes. What the fuck I care about? If you have Republican next to your name, there is only one fucking thing you should be talking about, and that's taxes. And when you don't talk about that one fucking thing, that's when I know you're either a baby boomer or you're just a baby boomer in disguise. Because baby boomers love to talk about issues that have nothing to do with government spending. Why? Because they are responsible for most of the fucking government spending that's happened. That's why when you meet a guy who's 55 and he's fucking retired after being a doorman for 20 fucking years, ask yourself how the fuck that happened. Because it can't happen in this generation. Fuck, we pay into Social Security. Look at your fucking check every week. You pay more in the Social Security, more, uh, most times you pay more in the Social Security than you do federal fucking income tax. Do you think you'll ever see that money? Because no. the government straight up tells you, you ain't going to see that fucking money. Go fuck yourself. Maybe if you live to 72, maybe you'll see a stipend every single month, which I'm sorry, that's good fella shit. Go fuck yourself. But that's baby boomers. Baby boomers fucking love power structures they love putting other people in charge they fucking love belonging to groups and that has unfortunately bled into this generation where when people don't feel an identity then they're like oh you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna say this and then guess what i belong to liberals i belong to social justice warriors i belong to people who believe in the right things fuck you and that's the whole fucking problem we have right now is we already live in a world where people can't fucking expand their brains beyond left and right, which, thank you, baby boomers, that's also because of you. We also live in a 
fucking generation where we go, oh, it's left and right. And then we look at someone like Joe Rogan, who's literally like, all I want to do. Well, center. And what does he say? He's like, you know what? I just want to smoke weed and kill deer. And that's enough for people to go like, oh, you're a conservative piece of shit. And then you go, oh, what was the last generation that was this fucking judgmental? Oh, it was baby boomers. It was the motherfuckers fucking skipping the, the draft, spitting on soldiers, fucking doing bullshit. Fuck you, man. Like, shut up. Baby boomers should absolutely lose their voting rights. 1,000%. They should not be allowed to vote. I have interacted with baby boomers. Shit, there were times in my life, and you know me. I mean, at this point today, (laughs) there aren't many political issues I give a fuck about. I'm basically the joker at this point, like when he burns the money in the dark night. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much where I am politically. (laughs) I don't know what that means. How about another joke, Murray? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's I, I I don't I don't know what that means about my political beliefs, but I know that that's basically where I am. But that's the point. Like before that, I used to be super politically involved. I mean, back in the Ron Paul days, I remember baby, I was showing up to protests. I was arguing with baby boomers, Mitt Romney supporters, and I look back on it and I'm like, what an, what a colossal waste of time. Like you could have been cheating on your girlfriend at the time and that would have been a better way to spend your time (laughs) yeah that would have been a much more productive way to spend your time i look back on it i mean fuck man i remember going to a mitt romney rally in um it must have been 2012 when he ran and i remember going with a buddy of mine who was big ron paul guy again this is back when i was politically active i i don't give a fuck now but i remember them saying um because i i asked her and i asked her a very simple question we were in line to see mitt romney i went so you think this guy who has never been in the military who is a rich kid who's a mormon who supposedly has only fucked one woman his whole life you think he's a better person to put in charge of a nuclear arsony or arsenal than Ron Paul, who spent 20 years in the military, who listened to him for five minutes, and you know, this dude fucks. You think that's better? And I remember all she said to me was, you'll understand when you're older. That is such a typical baby boomer thing to say. As if they hold this wisdom that none of us have. Like, you have to reach a certain age to see the fucking matrix as they see it. Go fuck yourself. Every single baby boomer, I don't give a fuck if I would like you or wouldn't like you. I've told baby boomers that I do like, that I meet personally and I like. I go, fuck you and fuck your whole generation because you are the steroids that fucking just got injected into this two-party system. And now there are so many of you and you all refuse to die off. You refuse to die. You motherfuckers live to like 112 for some weird fucking reason. You're just like, I know what's best for the world. I'm going to vote for Charlie Crist. I'm going to vote for fucking DeSantis. I'm going to do this. How about we just not let you guys vote and see what the fuck happens? Because if you look, look at 2016, look at the 2016 election results. 
break it down by age brackets because you will be blown the fuck away by how much baby boomers control what happens. They are the largest generation and they're not the largest generation because they're the greatest generation. They're the largest generation because the greatest generation got back from war and they just wanted to fuck a lot. That's it. Period. Go fuck yourself, baby boomers. They're bankrupting America as we speak right now. Oh, they've been doing it for decades. That's why we go like we're in 2022. And if you talk to anyone who's our age or younger and you go like, do you think you'll ever get social security checks? You're literally told in school, you'll never get those. You pay into a system, a system, by the way, that was set up to pay for itself, which makes absolute sense because every generation basically pays for their own retirement. But we used it as a slush fund. And now look where we're at. Well, the, Bill Clinton was the one who used it as a slush fund, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been used as a slush fund for years. And now that's why when they go like, oh, Social Security is about to go bankrupt. It's like, how? How? How the fuck could it go bankrupt? Every taxpaying American pays into that system. And not only do we pay into it, it's not like we pay 50 bucks a week. Like, look at your paycheck. You pay a lot into Social Security. It's hundreds of dollars every fucking week. Most of the time, if you earn over a certain amount, even if you don't earn a lot, though, and I've been there, you still pay a good chunk to Social Security. It's fucked up, man. But who do we have to thank for? Fucking baby boomers. Those fucking pieces of shit. Motherfuckers. Their taste in movies was terrible. Their taste in music was terrible. Their taste in politicians is terrible. Everything about them is terrible. I hate them. I hate baby boomers. And you will never meet a more entitled person than a baby boomer. Do you remember that time we went to the fucking... Uh, the Grand Old Opry, and you almost got in, got in a fight with that old yeah. baby boomer. Yep. Yeah. And no joke. It, it was probably more. I, I actually, I won't say it was more my fault, but I will say I was probably more aggressive than he was because I was ready to fucking smack. Yeah, him, you were ready to throw down that night. He, but this is a perfect example of a baby boomer. So we went to the Grand Ole Opry, just to give a brief description. We went to the Grand Ole Opry when I first came to Nashville. So I was like, oh, fuck, we got to do it just because we're in Nashville. Kiefer Sutherland plus was, it was playing. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. And I remember at the time I was like super into his music, which sounds corny, but look He's actually up. good. He is actually good. Um, so I went, I literally just want to see Kiefer Sutherland, but it was also like Charlie Daniels, um, and, um, Trace Atkins, who was, who Trace was Atkins, all pilled yeah. out. Yeah, he was, yeah, his show wasn't great. <laughs> he had sadness in his eyes, bro. He had those glassy pill eyes. <laughs> he looked like, uh, Tom Brady's playing right now. <laughs> just misery, man. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we went to that and. We did, to be fair, we showed up a little bit late, but we showed up late for the opening act, not yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Like, we showed up for, like, we're not watching local bands. You know what I mean? I'm like, my buddy's a musician. We don't need to see local bands. You know what I mean? I'm going to be seeing plenty of that. So we showed up right when Kiefer was getting on. We timed it perfectly. I will say the Grand Ole Opry, uh, great place. Fucking horrible at 
showing you where you're seated. Yeah, like, dude. as far as the signage. The ushers did not help us either. Nope. Because we asked a couple ushers, and they were like, they you're were on your own. out as Trace, bro. They yeah. were like, I don't know. And finally, we found our seats. And to be fair, I did have two... <laughs> I had two cores light because I was like, I'm gonna drink two of these, and they were the tall boys. Like they were the like what you see when you go to a really rundown gas station in a bad neighborhood. Like when people buy beer, they don't buy a six pack; they buy the fucking forties. I had two of those, and I remember I was like, Oh shit, hey man, I found our seats, and I start walking in, and this guy, he's with his wife, bald motherfucker baby boomer piece of shit i'm sure he was like a software engineer or something so goddamn soft he literally puts his hand out and stops me and right when that happened all bets were off well we were trying to get to our seats yeah because they were right next to him and he goes not here you're not sitting here i don't remember quite what i said but i do remember i said Take your fucking hand off me, because if I don't get to those seats, I'm going to pour these beers on your head in front of your wife, and then I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of you. Maybe that's not exactly how I said it. It was along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably much more like worked you're, you're up. Paraphr- like, oh, you're, fuck you. you're paraphrasing, <laughs> but it was, it was that. <laughs> yeah, but I remember he – and what did he do after I said that? He sat Nothing. down. Yeah, his yep. his wife was we like, "It's not seats. worth it. It's not worth it." That's right. His wife did say so. Oh my god, what a bitch, dude! That is so typical baby boomer. Like your wife has to tell you what to do. Because I remember when he did that, I my immediate thought was like, "Oh, this night just changed. Like we're gonna get kicked out of here." You fucking child. Me and this guy are gonna fight. You fair one hundred percent. You fairy. <laughs> you child. <laughs> that was how I felt, bro. I was Al Pacino and, and Glengarry Glenn Ross. Like, I was just, I almost blacked out for a minute. And then I was just like, you fucking child. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, man, I haven't thought about that in forever. But, yeah, that was, that was what, but, hey, we got our seats, right? And we watched the fucking show. We watched the show. We saw fucking Charlie Daniels perform, and he died. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And um, Charlie Daniels, uh, to put it in context, Trace was pilled out as fuck. Charlie, as gone as his voice was, he put on a fucking show. He put on a show. You could tell it was a struggle for him to be up on stage, though, like in between songs and at the end of the set. Yeah, yeah, um, you could tell. He yeah. he put on a show, though, because he was just, he's old, he was fat, he was in poor health. But he still went out there, he brought it. Well, he was like 80 when we saw him, man. Yeah, he was old as fuck. You know? And I I think it just felt different because we saw Trace. And I think (laughs) maybe I was just in a bad mood because I just talked to that guy. And we did sit next to him, like, the whole show. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I sat next to his wife. You did, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll be honest, I never looked over at him. I, I was never like what's going on like i was over it yeah <laughs> you had to sit next to him so that probably played into like just the awkwardness of the show you know what i mean i was fine like once i sat down with my two cores lights i was like nice <laughs> i didn't even have to hit somebody man this is awesome <laughs> nashville's great <laughs> do you miss nashville um 
Yeah, sometimes. Like people, you know what I mean? I yeah. Miss, uh, yeah, like I miss seeing you. I miss seeing Tristan. But not really just because, you know, I'm not a musician. I yeah. don't have the same connection to the city. And then also I was just there so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was there almost five years, I think. So that was I a big like, chunk of your tw- uh, your twenties. Yeah, so I feel like I saw um, my fill. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love to. I'll go back and visit, obviously, but yeah, there was no part of me that was like, "Oh, I gotta stay here." Like, if I was a musician like you, one hundred percent. But I was like, eh, "I did my time here." You know what I mean? So I was like, I, I was ready to move on, and it wasn't necessarily Florida. I mean, I was looking at colorado i was looking at a bunch of places texas you know yep texas austin love austin been there um but yeah i ended up going to florida for whatever reason this fucking state that won't give me a fucking medical card fuck what's the deal uh, with the uh the nairi release when is that coming before the end of the year at least the digital um Paperback and hardcover, probably not coming till next year. Um, so basically, it's through, <clears throat> if anyone's actually interested in looking it up, uh, my publisher is Gilded Mask, G-I-L-D-E-D-M-A-S-Q-U-E, Gilded Mask. Um, yeah, basically, the holdup has been, uh, it's sort of a, it's a new publisher. They wanted to not just have my book out. So it's been waiting on other books Um, because my shit's all done. Like there'll be a soft published before the end of the year, but uh, probably beginning of next year, there'll be a hard publish. And that's when we have all kinds of shit, like the audio book and we got podcasts. I mean, we got a ton of shit just waiting to come out. But like I said, it it had to kind of wait on some other writers and some other books and shit. Me, I'm like, I got nothing going on. I ain't got no fucking kids. Tell me to do something. I'll fucking do it. So, yeah, before the end of the year, there'll be a soft publish. There'll be a digital copy people can buy, um, which if you want that, go for it. And then in the new year, there'll be a ton of new content, uh, audio content, um, new stories, all kinds of shit like that. Where can people find you at, Zach? Uh, at Writing Lehman on Twitter. Zachary Lehman on Facebook and Instagram. And other than that, uh, if you're pissed at me, find my email, motherfucker. I ain't giving it to you. And also check out our podcast that we do together, Man of Science, Man of Faith. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. On all the major streaming platforms. Um, Man of Science, Man of Faith. We talk about everything. Platoon, Bad Santa. CSI Miami. <laughs> the greatest hits. Yeah, oh, yeah. All the best stuff. Well, dude, thanks so much for uh, for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. Um, of course, man. Here is a new song from me called Gumshoe Economics. See you next week. <laughs>